time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the Salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, it's Friday the 13th. I don't know what that means other than it's Friday the 13th. The whole time I was growing up as a kid, I was told that there was something really eerie about the thir- Friday's the 13th. Well, here we are. Something happening here when it is ain't exactly clear. We're going to take communion today. So I'll give you a chance right now. We're going to do it here right at the top of the show. So if you can, go ahead and get something that you can, uh, uh, something that you can eat and something that you can drink. And we'll get after that here in, in just a second. I also have to confess to you that uh, I'm taking a day off and uh, I'm going to go play golf today. I haven't golfed all year. It's going to be 83 degrees. And I'm, you'll find me out on the golf course. So Look, looking forward to that. Lots going on here, man. I got a good power pack show for you. Asking myself today again as I come down the steps for I don't know how many times. Uh, Lord, fill me with something. Give me something to talk about here today, Lord. And I know that he has. And I know that he will. And uh, just always, as always, want to say what an op- awesome opportunity is. Get a chance to come down there and meet you guys every day. Dr. Paul Goslin absolutely murdered him yesterday. I don't know if he wants to talk about that. Well, We'll get that into a second. You know, he had his hearing before the medical board. And uh, I would say this, Dr. Paul, for many of us who watched it, I'll never forget what Dr. Sherry Tenpenny told me regarding doctors. She said they're stupid. I said, what? She says, oh, yeah, they're they're just stupid. They don't do any of their research at all on their own. They just get spoon-fed stuff from the NIH or whatever they are. And she said they're just stupid. And it was very obvious yesterday during Dr. Paul Goslin's hearing the evidence that, that his attorney presented from experts about, about uh, taking the jab was like absolutely, unbelievably overwhelming. And you know what I knew by watching it? Those, those, those doctors on that board had never heard any of that information at all. They'd never heard any of it. This is from, these were from uh, well, world-renowned experts about the shots and the vaccines. And it was, uh, so, Paul, you done good. And uh, here's, here's always the issue, isn't it? We know this. This is part of the problem with our with our uh, legal system. Really, is uh, the umpires aren't always fair. And I would say this: that every one of those people on that medical board, I'm just guessing, Paul. But I would say every. You don't have to say anything. I don't. You do anything. It's going to get you in trouble. Uh, I would say everyone on that uh, on that board had already made up their mind before they came. Now they've had two hearings. Hey, coach, I just said that. And, and and they've had two hearings, and the evidence goes so far against what they've already said they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to rescue it, Paul. In fact, it's very obvious to me that yesterday they cut the meeting off because they needed to go lick some wounds and figure out what they were going to do next. Your attorney absolutely obliterated them simply with the facts. It was it was amazing, and and I, I would say this, Paul, they'd never heard any of that stuff. Those people on that board had never heard any other opinion than like. Talking to the prisoners. It's like being in jail. When you're in jail, you talk to all the prisoners. That's all the information you get. And those guys on that medical board, my opinion, had only spoken to each other. They just spoke in circles, passed around the same information. Then you bring in Dr. Peter McCullough, and you bring in some of this other evidence of what they say about vaccines. It was brilliant. You went back to the guy who founded uh, founded uh, your uh, – what the heck you guys are called? The, the main guy that started your practices – and he, he spoke out of his back. I mean, this, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And a, a, a little bit after 4.15, they cried uncle. You do know that, don't you, Paul? They cried uncle. And they said, hey, we, uh, can we come back and finish this next month? And what I couldn't figure out, Doc, is why didn't they reinstate you while they figured out what they were going to do with you? It's because they've already made up their minds what they're going to do. You can't buck the system. Folks, this isn't just in medicine. This is literally everywhere. It's what we were talking about yesterday with tyranny, right? It's tyranny. It's medical tyranny. And Dr. Paul Gosselin made it very clear yesterday 
He wanted to, number one, he wanted to help people get healthy. And number two, he wanted them to not have to violate their conscience. And number three, he had done some information and he wasn't sure the vaccines were safe. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, it's over. It was, it was brilliant, Doc. So we have to pray about that because those, those are some scoundrels sitting on that committee, I can promise you that. But Paul, no, no matter what, I say this, dude, no matter what, you ought to own all of them when it's all over. You ought to own everyone on that board, win or lose, everyone on that board. That, that's, that's my take on it. Uh, you want to say anything about it, Paul? Don't say too much. Hey, Coach, I won't say too much, but uh, we, we were discussing what our um, strategy was going forward, and somebody made a good point. Um, we know that they're going to carve down on me no matter what. There's no question in my mind. It's been going to yep. be seven months, Coach, seven months. Um, so I think the closing arguments will include everything I need to get on the uh, on the. Uh, what do they call it? Get on the letter, get on the, the docket, whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. They've created, they've created their own evidence for you, dude, for, for the, yeah. for the lawsuit. There's no doubt, no oh, doubt about that. Help, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It was all good though. It was, it was, you did good. You did good. So proud of you, Paul. Hey, jo- hey, Joe, uh, get that. Myra say a prayer for us here real quick. And while Myra saying her prayer, everybody go get, their uh, elements for the for communion here. So go ahead, uh, Myra and Joe, you get ready as well. Go ahead, Myra. I will be honored to, uh, Coach. Good morning. 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow, for, wow, wow, wow. For wow. all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And Amen. the world passeth away, and the loss thereof. Will he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. Luke nineteen fourteen. But his citizens hated me and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Second Corinthians uh, three seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Second Corinthians ten four six. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing things to captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge. All disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Luke 19 uh, through 13, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of Cashel immediately appeared, he said, Therefore, a certain nobleman went into a, a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Hosea 4, six. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Thou that shall not be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Matthew ten sixteen. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, and be ye therefore wise serpent and harmless as doves. And the closing birth for Friday, 513, 2022, Psalm 148, 1 through 5. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise him, him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Joe, you're up, brother. 
Okay, Coach, I had to rejoin. Everything was broken. You're muted now, Joe. Sorry, I had to rejoin. Everything shut down on me. Okay. But I'm back. You are. Get it pulled right up right now. Um, start with a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, dear Jesus, please let us, uh, we ask you to forgive us our sins and transgressions as we come to you in Holy That's Communion. Right. Please um, uh, receive us as cleansed in your sight. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you for all that you did for us, bringing us here. Amen. 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 I've, I've been learning about this, and uh, it's a lot more to it than just uh, some bread and wine and thanking the Lord for his sacrifice. I mean, when you think about his last words, mortal words on the earth, it is finished. I mean, we think about that, but I don't think we think about it enough and what it actually meant. And it was sort of an ultimate victory. Um, and we know communities to remind us of the price paid uh, and when practicing communion, I believe we need to remember this and what the and all the what the Lord did for us, and also what He was intending to return to us. I I present it's more than the eternal salvation we have. I think that's the beginning. That's something we're going to enjoy when we, after this life. But he returned things to us that were meant to empower us and to help us do his will here and now. And uh, we uh, uh, talked about a couple weeks ago that basically the roots of communion are in the the fall of man, of Adam. And last week we were reminded that uh, both Isaiah and Peter remind us that his stripes purchased our healing. So he doesn't want us to be sick and injured. He wants us to be healthy so we can do his will, uh, not in injured, sickly bodies. And um, I think we've forgotten uh, how much we are valued. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, And we were purchased, but we weren't purchased in the we're greatest slaves. We were purchased with an opportunity to say yes or no, we accept you as Lord or we don't. A unique kind of transaction. We were purchased, but we still can say yes. Mm. That's something that we just don't seem to understand. So today, I want when we come in communion, I want us to think about where we actually are. I present where our bodies are here, but we as Christians, born again, spirit-filled, we, according to Colossians 3.1 and Ephesians uh, two six, we are high above with the Lord, sitting at the right hand of the Father, together with Jesus, with Christ Jesus, and I think we need to take communion from this perspective, acknowledging what He did for us, but learning how to pray and act from where we, where our spirits actually are sitting, and we'll be a lot more effective in our prayer, a lot more effective and putting fears behind us and doing what he wants us to do here um, here and now, because I have a feeling we're going to need to have, to understand this authority a lot better than we do now in the very near future. And so Amen. now I take us to communion, uh, Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup, <clears throat> gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from, 
drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And help us to remember what it is finished really meant. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Hey, hey, Coach, can I just read something real quick? Because Joe hit on something, how important this is. And from Genesis 14, right after Lot is this big war of 10 kings happens. Uh, Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham, God most high. Professor of heaven and earth. And, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Even in this chapter, Melchizedek brought out the bread and wine. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a significance to it, certainly. Amen. 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 Um, Craig, you want to mention the Spiritual Warfare Conference on the set? Uh, give a go, Craig. Go ahead and mention it. Okay. Uh, Diane and Laura Shockley have done a great job, and they've put on a spiritual warfare conference July, Saturday, July 16th in Inwood, West Virginia, which is really close to Hagerstown. It's like maybe 25 miles south on Interstate 81. It's, they, it's, in, our, got, it's in our events, I think. Check our event schedule, see if it's there, Spencer, or uh, uh, Jonathan. Go ahead, Bob. And, I'm sorry. And she has a bunch of speakers. Okay. I mean, this is this is first in my opinion, this is right up with first class stuff here. So Diana's doing exposing the darkness. We got John John Diamond and precatory prayers. We got Steve Hemphill coming in. What are the stakes? We got uh, Gary Walker uh, and his wife defending the faith. We have uh, Terry and Susan uh, or S- Susan Sandy. I'm sorry, Soul Squad, Child Evangelism by Randy and Susan. Bradley and I'm uh, even talking about taking on the offensive. So we got some really nice speakers coming, and uh, if you're in the area, it's probably worth your trip. And I'll put in information. She's got a hotel close by for about $120 a night. So, cool. All right, we'll keep we'll keep promoting that. By the way, our uh, thanks, Craig. Our national event, 24, 25 of June here in, here at uh, Sky High. June 24, 25, been dragging my feet a little bit, getting that up on the, I don't even know if we have it up on the calendar yet. Oh, there it is. 27, did I have that right? No. June 24, 20, uh, 24, 25, sky high. Is that it? High Salton Library? No, that's something else, I think. Okay, cool. I'm a little bit ragged here this morning, folks. Okay, so listen, here's where I want to go today. Bring up number one, Isaiah 58. Silver, I want you to read this for us. And uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Michelle's having, well, oh, I'm sorry. Michelle came down to tell me she's having one on the 8th and 9th of which month? July. July 8th and 9th. She's having a little spiritual. Crushing snakes, July 8th and 9th. We'll get it all together. I'll get it up on the schedule. I'll get it up on the schedule. Thanks, honey. Uh, where was I? Oh, some of you are you. Some of you are greater than you realize. I'm letting that sink in. And it's not that you are greater than you realize. It's that he that is in you is greater than you realize, and that he is. He is in the process, even right now, of strategically placing you. Strategically placing you. You say me? Yeah, you. You. You know, I call this show uh, Coach Dave Live. But it isn't about Coach Dave. I am Coach Dave and I am live. This just happens to be the venue where we meet. It's not about me. Am I a vessel? Yeah, I'm a vessel. But uh, do you know you are too? And do you know that you are a vessel with influence where you live? I can't influence where you live. I don't, I don't live there. I can't influence the circles that you, you swing in. I'm, 
I'm not there. I can't influence the friends that you have. I'm not, I'm not you. I'm not with your friends. But each and every one of you, greater he that is he that is in us than he is in the world, have been strategically placed. You, the, the Lord is, big, I'm just telling you, friends, the Lord's looking for worker bees. He's looking for worker bees. I made some notes this morning. Uh, if you just bear with me, and then we'll get. I want. I need uh, Isaiah fifty-eight here in a second, Joe. I wrote down the four R's. Three R's are reading, writing, arithmetic. I think God has four R's right now. And the four R's that I wrote down to myself is uh, this is. Our greatest battle, I believe, our greatest battle is uh, our greatest misunderstanding is that we we don't understand we don't have a grasp of how powerful our obedience to the Lord is right where we live. We don't have any idea, and and part of what's happened to us is we become programmed that things are only going to get worse. Things going to wind down and Jesus is coming and I believe all those things. But I know that the Bible tells, my Bible tells me that, in fact, we pray it every day. We're supposed to pray it every day. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Now, if the Lord taught us to pray that prayer. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And his kingdom doesn't come and his will isn't done on earth. He's a liar. It would seem to me. Or a false teacher. If his intention was not to bring his kingdom onto the earth, why would he why would he say that to us? And if we think his intention was to bring this his kingdom here on earth, do we play any role at all in this? Do we do we play any role? And may I ask this? Have God's people been here before? Are are we in the mess that we're in? Are we so negative today because of media, it's everywhere you look. I could I could come up with forty negative stories about all the bad things that are going on, but those are signposts. Those are nothing more than road markers, just evidence of something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. I got up in the middle of the night the other night. I was awake in the middle of the night. I heard this noise down in the basement, down by my multi-million dollar studio. I came down here and it was over here in the corner. I got a water softener system, and that thing was. Hissing and huffing and puffing. It was about three in the morning. I thought, what the heck? So I went over, shut everything down, and uh, got up the next morning. I called the water guy. He came out. He said, Well, what was it? I had everything turned off. I turned it all back on and it started that hissing again. He says, Is that what you're talking about? I said, Yeah. I, I came down. I thought the thing was going to blow up. He says, Well, no, no. He says, Are you listening? He said, That thing's just recycling. He said, what? He says, oh, yeah, it does that every night. It recycles. We have it set so it's done in the middle of the night, so nobody's uh, using a shower or anything like that, so it won't interfere with the system. But your water system's recycling. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Are we recycling, Lord? Are we recycling and assuming that it's the end? Lord, have we spent so much time Studying the signposts along the way. Next stop, the twilight zone. That we become unwilling and ineffective and afraid to do that one job that he put in front of us today to do. The Bible says that to obey is better than to sacrifice. God would rather have our obedience than our sacrifice. He'd rather I do what he said and go out and stand on the street corner and pap out pamphlets if that's not what he told me to do. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing that I do. It's one thing. And there's a lot of us out there who aren't doing that one thing. And you're not doing that one thing because you think it's about you. And it's been my experience in all the things that I've done in ministry, edgy things that I've done in ministry. When I get in the midst of a scary situation, the power of the Holy Spirit is so thick on me. Bravery comes like it has never come before. See, bravery doesn't show up until you step over the line. When you step over the line, bravery shows up. God shows up. 
But if you're over there wavering between two opinions, I mean, ah, you're not, you're not going to get there. At some point, you're going to have to say, I trust you, Lord, and I think this is what you'd have me to do, and Lord, I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to go say it. And Lord, uh, if I'm not supposed to, shut the door. But I'm gone, and I'm going to say it. So I was talking about the four R's, repair, rebuild, reform, and restore. Say that again. That's our job in the body of Christ. Isaiah 58, I'm going to read it here in a second. Repair, rebuild, reform, and restore. Sorry, I don't see rapture on it. Now, if the rapture comes, praise the Lord. But if it doesn't, if there's a hurricane coming, there's a flood coming, I prepare. I don't expect to die in the flood. I expect to make it through the flood. My goal of preparing is to get to the other side. I want to get through the storm. And we are, many of us are banking on the idea that we're not going to get through the storm, but the storm's going to overwhelm us. No, no, the storm's going to overwhelm everybody else, and we're going to have supernatural lifeboats. Somehow, we're going to get out of this thing, right? Well, if the Bible says greater love is no man than this, and even lay down his life for his friends, I think that would mean that my greatest job right now is to lay down my life for my friends and not worry so much about what happens to me. Because we have this head knowledge that uh, uh, we're in the Lord's hands. I'm in the Lord's hands. Well, good. Then if you're in the Lord's hands, go do what the Lord would have you to do. And if you're in the Lord's hands, he's going to protect you when you go do it. He said he would never leave you. He said he'd never forsake you. That's what he said. Never will. Never leave you. Never forsake you. And if you go do something on his obedience is better than sacrifice. If you go stand up and speak up on his behalf, I promise you, he will be there. promise you. He'll be there. But some of you have never experienced it because you sit around and say, me, what can I say? What, what, me, what, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to me. What, what should I say? So I'm, 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 I'm speaking this to a lot of you out there. I wrote it down. Pardon me why I, I wrote it down this morning Why I say this. Speaking to some of you, God's raising up leaders right now. Leader, right now. Now, by re- leaders, I don't mean presidents of the United States and Senators and congressmen, I'm talking about just ordinary, everyday people who will be willing to do the hard thing to impact the communities. Right now, he's raising them up. Nameless people. In fact, you may, be, you may remain nameless after you do it. But I promise you, right now, in the midst of this mess, God's raising up, he's raising up leaders. Leaders. Yeah. See, some people lead, some people follow. He's raising up leaders. That's number one thing I want. How's he using you? That's the question I wrote. How's he using you? You say, well, I listen to Coach Dave live every Friday. Well, good. God bless you. How's God using you? What's, what, what are you doing with the nourishment that you receive here every day? In the multitude of many counselors, great wisdom. With all the people that are in this queue and the wise things that they say, what are you doing with it? I think it's a good measuring stick. Number three, you will not succeed without courage. Whatever it is the Lord has called you to do, he's equipped you to do it, but you will not do it without courage. It won't, I'm just telling you. Five times, only be thou, uh, only uh, be strong, very courageous. Be not afraid, be not dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. So evidently, you do get afraid and dismayed. Yeah, you do, you do. That's what makes it hard. That's why it's required courage. It requires courage. And courage is something supernatural that rises up inside of you that you could not squash down if you tried. And if you've been crucified with Christ and nevertheless you live, then that courage should be as common to you as drinking a glass of water. Because you're already a dead man. Amen. But you're not going to be successful if you say, uh, golly, if I go and I do whatever it would be, if I go do that, man, I'm going to get some pushback. Whoa, I might get arrested. Oh, they might reject me. Oh, I might lose my job. Oh, well, then you love your job and you love everything other better than the Lord. You love yourself too much. 
And God will take a very, very small sacrifice and make, make great, 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 great work out of it. Because sometimes you can be the guy that walks in. I just, I just, uh, well, I don't want to go there. Mm, do you have any courage? Courage. Just stand up. That's the first thing you do. When you're at that school board meeting and you feel got to say something and you're, you're wet in your pants, hey, dude, stand up. <laughs> stand up. <laughs> just stand up. And the courage will come. <clears throat> but the courage is not going to come if you sit there the whole time and say, should I, should I, should I, should I, will I, will I, should I, should I. Just stand up and say it. And when you sit down and say, Lord, I went and said it on your behalf. Uh, you do with it what it is that you're going to do with it. I was obedient. And the Bible says he loves that better than sacrifice. He loves that more than sacrifice. Because you don't know out of your mouth who, who is, who is um, going to be impacted. Hang on, I wrote these down today. So some of you watching right now, the least among us, actually, least of us, least among us, some of you have been appointed and anointed, and you haven't even tried to do anything with it. You have been appointed for this appointed for this specific time and this specific case and this specific issue. You have been appointed. You have an appointment with destiny, destiny, and you've been anointed to do it. But you're going to have to get over your fear. If God has laid it on you to do something and you go and do it and nothing happens, you were obedient to do what you're supposed to do. And you have no idea what the impact of something that you say may have two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, six months down the road. Stand and speak. Anointed and appointed. And God's leaders are selected. They're not elected. We've got elected officials who aren't leaders. That's part of our problem. God is selecting some of you to be those who step into the gap. I'll hurry through here. And here's your call. You see and hear and say, but others won't or can't. I'm going to say it again. You hear, see, and say what others can't or won't. You that's that's your that's your call. Amen. Your call. And and you you don't have to you don't have to get the approval of your pastor, the approval of somebody. Holy Spirit tells you that's wrong. Stand up, say something about it. That's what you're supposed to do. Because why? You hear, you see, and you say what others aren't going to say. That's the anointing that's upon you. Will be upon you if you'll do it. <clears throat> we have authority. God said, all power is given unto me, and I give it unto you. It's delegated authority. When you walk in the name of the Lord, you go into a school board meeting, you go into a city council, you go into a family gathering, you speak under the authority of God. You carry that authority with you. You are God's spokesman. Now, look, they don't have to agree with it. They don't have to accept it. They may want to crucify you. But you have that authority. And again, you will not be able to measure the impact on the initial response from the people it had spoken to. Go speak. Use that authority. There's never been in the whole history of the world a better time to shape the future of the kingdom of God than right now. Never been a a greater opportunity. Evil is flourishing so great. There's never been a greater opportunity for us to make a difference. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. There are going to be Hebrews 11 heroes arise during this time in which we find ourselves right now unnamed, unknown nobodies who stood up and said something and did something. You know what you are? I stole this. You're a holy chiropractor. You're going to crack the body back in line. You're going to give the body an adjustment that the body begins to function properly. God's looking for, God's anointing and appointing some Holy Ghost chiropractors right now. 
Don't ever forget this. This last one. You serve the truth. You serve the truth. And any time you hide the truth, shield the truth, cover the truth out of fear of offending somebody or somebody getting angry, you're denying the Christ that you claim to serve. Your job is to defend and speak the truth. That's your job. That's it. And the Holy Spirit will show up and defend it. That's his job. That's what he'll do. He just needs somebody to go. Somebody just go say it for me, will you? Well, somebody just go say it for me. And then let him take that seed of your obedience and do something with it. We are in the midst of unbelievable times. I'm going to go to Isaiah 58 here in a second. Uh, I'll go go there right now. Cry loud, spare not, lift up that voice like a trumpet. And show my people their transgressions. He's saying, you get it? Go talk to my, our battles with our people. Our people. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. Oh, as a nation, thinking they were a nation. Do you see that? They seek me daily and delight, pretending to be a nation that did righteousness, as if they were a righteous nation. And as if they forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Where have we fasted, say they? And you haven't seen us. Where have you afflicted our soul and you've not noticed? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. Exact all your labors. In other words, you fast for the glory of telling people you're fasting. You don't have to say amen. He said, but behold, you, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day. If you want to make your voice heard on high. You've got to change your attitude, dude. Is it such a fast that I've chosen? Is that what I want? A day for a man to afflict his soul, let everybody know he's on a fast and he's suffering? Or is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will, that call, will thou call that a fast? You think that's what I'm looking for, the Lord said? You putting yourself through self-misery, Really? So, oh, no, 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 that's not the fast. Ooh, Lord. That's not the fast I called, he said. What I called is to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free. Yeah. The fast I'm calling is going to break every yoke. And it's not your fast to deal bread to the hungry? That you bring the poor that are cast out to your house, and when you see the naked, you cover them, and that you hide not yourself from thy own flight. Is it about you storing up more and getting more and having more? Is that what it's about? Is that what you're fasting for? Or is your fasting to be a vessel to those who, who need you? What's your fast about, dude? The Lord says, if your fast is all about you, I want nothing to do with it. He said, if you make your fast about serving me, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be your reward. Then shall thou call. And the Lord's going to answer. You're going to cry, and he's going to say, Here I am, buddy. Let's go, dude. Let's go get him, dude. Thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke. The pointing of the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. I told you so. You're not doing this and you're not doing that. If you draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall your light rise in obscurity and your darkness shall be as a noonday. The Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. Now shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they, this is where we are. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations. 
and they shall be called the repairers of the breach, the restorer of the paths. But if you turn away your foot from the from the Sabbath and from doing the, thy pleasure on my own holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then shall thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I've caused thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee for the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken unto me. I see no defeat anywhere in that lecture from the Lord. I see no defeat. Nowhere there. It's all victory, overcoming, repairing, restoring, rebuilding, light, darkness down, light up. Everywhere through that. As God works through people. A lot of champions looking at me today. But you can't you can't get past that voice. You can't get past that voice that tells you you can't, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not anointed enough. Who am I? What am I going to say? You can't get by that voice. I just want to... Uh, I just want to say this from the deepest part of my my soul. The Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of you. God can only work through people. Wait a minute, not true. God can work any way he wants. God's pattern is to work through people. It's time, for some of, it's time for some of us to rise up and become heroes, heroes Amen. of the faith, heroes of the Lord. Jr., come on in. Thank you, Coach. Uh, there are problems, there are opportunities. I want, I, boy, you are really speaking to me this morning. For for the first time last year, the city of Delaware, Ohio, displayed sodomite rainbow flags for the first time. Last <clears throat> Monday, the city of Delaware announced that they are not going to display that those flags this June. Praise the Lord. That was the result of a lot of people working over a great, some of them was five-year time period, but it all culminated on one day, on that Monday. It's because of what you're talking about, people doing. Had, had no idea, we had no idea we we're all working for the same thing, and then boom, on Monday night, it came together. There's more details. I'll get into that on our show tomorrow morning on lastcallradio.live. But it, it's just what you're talking about. I, I, one of the things, me, I hate public speaking. Hate it. But I had to get up and make a speech, which was, a, which was part of what happened here. But we never know what we're doing, our peace that we do in faith. We never know how that's going to turn out. Never. Amen. Never know. Amen. You never know who it's going to motivate. You never know who's going to, who you, you never know. You don't know who was speaking to that person before you showed up. You're just watering maybe something that had already been planted. Or you go plant and somebody else comes and waters. But you've got a roll and sitting around watching videos all day isn't the answer. Mark Trump, come on in. Coach, we're vessels, right? Yeah. Yeah, so think about this. Think about Home Depot or Lowe's. They got a row of light bulbs on the shelf, right? Yep. Those light bulbs are vessels. Mm. Well, let's say, picture those light bulbs lighting up right there they're on no the good shelf. If, they're no good if somebody doesn't grab them and plug them in, are they, Mark? Well, that, they need to be lit. But what if they're lit on the shelf in the building? All right, they're all lit up. Is that helping the world any? So what your what your verse has just talked about is the light rising out of the darkness. You just Amen. All right. So we are vessels. But your vessel inside your home on your couch or on the on the church pew is just lighting up that building. How are you helping the world with your light, your vessel? So you gotta put your vessel, your flesh, into a building somewhere else, into a dark building. 
And, and then, then the light. Coming. And then the light, which you said too, that Jesus will be there. The Holy Spirit will be there with you. The Holy Spirit's already with you. You're supposed to be lit up all the time. Amen. Amen. So you got to move your vessel from where it is planted. So look under the bottom of your vessel. Where's it at? I bet it's sitting down on a couch somewhere. That's the vessel piece that needs to be somewhere else. And then the light can work. Amen. I love what Amen. you talked about today, coach. Way to go. Thanks, Mark. Well, boy, that's good. That is so good. Michelle. <coughs> then uh, Rich. Thanks, coach. Um, I just wanted to read um, exactly. You, this is a great topic. Get telling people to get out there and you've delivered it. So, so good. Um, this is in Luke 13. Uh, then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. I see two things here. I see somebody praying on behalf of somebody else that they get some fertilizer. And then I also hmm. see um, the need for fertilizer. So Amen. if you're not, if you don't think you're, you, you've got a goal or, or something you're supposed to be doing, or you're not hearing from God, you don't know what he wants in your life. Um, this right here, this book hmm. right here will tell you. So read your Bible or put in podcasts where somebody's reading the Bible to you, hear the word, get it in you. And then it can't help, but come out. Thanks. Coach. Amen. Amen. What is fertilizer anyway? Pile of it, isn't it? Amen. Rich. I just want to say thanks, Coach, for that word. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Let the Lord use you. Angie. Good morning. Hey, I'm just so excited for Jim because they've really been working hard on this. And, and listen to me. This is why I and so many others tell you that all politics are local. You don't make a difference if you don't go. And Jesus' yeah. great commandment was to go. So go ye into the world. It's not about staying home and just praying about it. Once you get done praying, get off your knees, get out, go. And Jim is, Jim is just a complete, wonderful example and manifestation of going. And he has been diligent, he has been prayerful, and he has been going. And I just encourage everybody to get out of your house and go. Go to your city councils, go to your county commissioners, go to your school boards, go to your township trustees, go. Go to your pastors. Say it again. Go to your pastors. Come on, folks. Look, I could go on and on. I could talk about all the stuff that Craig's doing. I could talk about the stuff that Jeff Klein's doing. I could talk about the stuff that Jr. is doing. I could, I, I could go. I could talk about the stuff that Betty's doing. I could run down the litany. People are doing stuff. Randy's doing stuff. Craig's doing stuff. People are doing stuff. People are doing stuff. What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, well, I watch Coach Dave every morning. Well, good for you. Good for you. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Say, well, Coach, I, you know, it's just, I, well, I'm not very educated, and I don't know the Bible very well. Can you come on? Can you just freaking go and speak the truth? Can you just go and say, hey, teaching kids uh, about homosexuality, that, that, sorry, that's wrong. I'm, that's sorry. I don't have a college degree, but I'm smart enough to know that's wrong. And, and courage builds courage. And courage is contagious. Others will fall in line. Others will get encouraged. Go. Go. Where? Into all the world? What? Yeah. Oh, go into all the world. What am I supposed to do when I get there? Teach them to observe all I've commanded you. Really? How am I going to do that? Don't worry about it. I'll be with you. It's so simple. It's not easy. Randy. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 4.13, but since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, he's going to quote Psalm, he's going to quote Psalm 116.10 here. He's going to say, I believed and therefore I spoke. And now here's what Paul says. We also believe and therefore speak. 
the punt coach, the word we have to, if we don't have the word of God in us, we uh, look, we can go and we should, everybody should go. But when you have the word of God in you, the, it's alive. It, it's the, it's the living power. It's what's in you. When you go and you speak it, it changes everything, coach. It may not so, immediately, but it does. So, it so Randy, when, when, when the Lord said, go ye into all the world, go ye into all the world. Uh, and he said, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So he's sending you into a conflict, and he's saying to you, go ahead and go, because what's in you is greater than what you're going to be against. You go do it. Why don't we go do it? It's, it's, it's the anointing of authority. Authority. Go. Speak. And uh, like Angie just said, JR's been to one more than one school board meeting. He's been to more than one. You can't go just plow the road and think everything's going to grow up at once. But you you develop a pattern. Naomi. Not everything you do is going to make the headlines, but at Amen. least planting the seeds. You know, the military has the big tanks that you can hear them coming miles away and they make a big explosion, but they also have the stealth bomber that comes flying in undetected and makes just as big, if not more of an explosion. So not everything you do is going to make Amen. but it's just as important to plant those seeds. I want to be a spiritual sniper. That's what I want to be. I'm the stealth bomber. Amen. Yeah. Some are dynamite, and Amen. some are some are uh, snipers. Whatever you're supposed to be, Jeff and Debbie. Coach, you know, all through these months of just going and going and going to them board meetings, but I just got to think about your sentence this morning. In the past week at the car lot, not only is it just going in dropping bombs on those school board people, but in the last week I've had three people come to the lot diagnosed with cancer. Three people admitted they're bad on depression. Another guy with his kids that are just in trouble. And I'm like, my goodness, people are just have troubles. And it's just crazy what's going on. Cares of life, cares of life, right? They're weighted down by the cares. They can't fight a fight. That's why you're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You are, you are, we are. Greater is he that's in us than the hundred and whatever's in here. We're it, man. We're the A-team. We're it. Come on, Debbie. You know, I think of all the things, if I had one word that stops me from doing anything and everything at times is fear. The what ifs. The what if this happens. But I want to do this. But what what if this? And then what if that? And I think it comes a lot of times from our work life also because particularly in mine that I spent my whole career doing the what ifs, you know, we always had to be resourceful. But in one of my um, daily devotionals, it talked about, it said, fear is not your friend. It said, stop rehearsing the outcome. He Satan has envisioned Mm. for you. And so I think that's it, you know? And so a lot of us, it'll stop us cold. Because we want to know every single step. But, you know, God only lights one step at a time. Amen. Well, you know, you know, you know, Debbie, I was, uh, I was in my car yesterday, actually. And sometimes when I'm running to town, I've got three different ways I, I go when I go to town. And one of them is a kind of a back road. It's paved. But, uh, it has a series of hills, blind hills, blind hills. You know, you come up the hill and phew, you're at the top of the hill and all of a sudden you don't know what's coming at you, right? And I was driving down the road, just kind of minding my own business. I wasn't even buckled. I buckled up right after. I'm driving down the road, and I thought, wow, what if somebody comes left to center on the top of that hill when I cup over the top of it? I buckled up real quick, right? Folks, you, you, think, you, think, uh, you think your life can't end tomorrow? You think by sitting back and trying to protect it, you protect everything you have, that somehow you're going to extend your life? Really? You really believe that? Never forget what, what Russ Dizdar said to me. I said, Russ, aren't you afraid? He says, Coach, I'm in the Lord's hands. I'm in the Lord's hands. Come up over the top of that road. Somebody's left to center. I'd be a dead man. 
I'd be a dead man. They'd be writing an obituary about me. Tomorrow's promise to nobody. You can only work while the sun shines. Reggie. I, Naomi kind of said what I was going to say. If you're feeling you should do something, that's the Holy Spirit telling you you should. And mm-hmm. not everybody, you don't need to report back because a lot of things are done in secret and you're doing an amazing job in the building of God's good plan and great <clears throat> plan. I think about the two spies that they were sent into Jericho. Look, I mean, it, it's quiet. It's just, just do it. Mm. Reggie, uh, Folks, I'm, this is going to sound braggadocious. I don't want you, I don't want it to, because Reggie's exactly right. If there's one thing that Michelle could come down and testify uh, about me, one of the things she would tell you is, if the Lord tells me to do it, I'll do it. I don't hesitate. If if I if I think it was the Lord who told me, and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, they said, "Oh my goodness, do you remember when you went down there with uh, Terry Shivo?" And you know, I'd forgotten about it. I'd forgotten really. Man, that was, yeah, yeah. Wow. And they said, hey, do you remember when you got, uh, same person. Coach, you remember when you helped get uh, Ken Hoven out of jail? And all of a sudden that came back to me. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do I ever. What a story that was. And then I started telling the story. And I, then I went through a litany of about four or five things that were like stupid. I went and slept outside my congressman back in 19, I don't know what day, when it was. I. Zach Space was our local congressman. And he wouldn't, it was when Obama was president. He wouldn't have town hall meetings. You remember all that, right? I was mowing my grass one day and I told my wife, I'm going to go sleep outside Zach Space's office. She looked at me. She said, What? I said, Yeah, I'm going to go sleep out. The Lord told me to go sleep outside Zach Space's office. She just rolled her eyes, walked away. She knew I'd do it. Now, when did it? Slept four nights outside of his office because he wouldn't have a, have a, a town hall meeting with us, national attention. I don't even remember doing it until somebody brought it up. Point being what? Whatever he says unto you, do. Your job is to do. His job is to bring fruit to it. But if he doesn't have anybody to go plant, and he doesn't have anybody to go sow, and he doesn't have anybody to go water, the fruit is not going to grow. That's your job. That's my job. This this great cosmic battle that's being fought. I'm, is the Lord wringing his hands saying, oh, golly, what am I going to do? No. But is he sitting there thinking, dang, come on, if I could only get this guy to do this and this guy. I told him four times and he still won't do it. I just get him to do that. That will influence that guy who's connected to that guy who's connected to that guy who's connected to that guy. If he'll just go say something to that guy. We don't do it. Because his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Kevin, come on in, then Roger. Coach, you reminded me of one of my favorite scenes from the movie Braveheart when, when uh, William Wallace was speaking privately with Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce was next in line to be king. And uh, he said to Robert the Bruce, he said, your title gives you claim to the throne over all of Scotland. But men don't follow titles. They follow follow courage. And when Mm -hmm. we went to Chappaqua and you led the whole group through that that crowded, spitting demons, (laughs) your title, your title as coach didn't mean anything. It didn't have any effect and I didn't follow. What I followed was your courage. And that was the courage the Holy Spirit gave you. You just went. And guess what? We all followed right in behind. Men Amen. Courage. And, and we don't know what the, we don't know what the result of it was, but we were obedient, weren't we, Kevin? Amen. We Amen. we we did it, Roger. Thanks, Kevin. Another oh, I, I was just going to add. I think the obedience is key, but he's not going to have you do anything that contradicts Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to be part of the teaching that when he calls you to do something, you are to do it, or he'll find somebody else but he's not going to have you do anything that contradicts his word. So if it contradicts his word, it's not the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, but because, well, you know, we all the time, well, I killed my wife because God spoke to me. Craziness like that. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for obedience to his word and what he calls you to do will flow with his word. It will not contradict his word. 
Amen. So here's the final thought for the day. A total eclipse Saturday night. Is it Saturday night, Sunday night? Total eclipse. Don't miss that this weekend. What if God really is speaking to you? What if you really did hear his voice? And he asked you to go do something. And you didn't do it. You going to stand before him and give an account for that? Because I know some of you out there right now are under conviction, which is good, by the way. You're under conviction. That the Lord's told you to do something and you haven't done it. Still haven't done it. Still haven't done it. And you whine and moan and complain about the situation you're in. You haven't done that one thing the Lord told you to do. And the bottom line is this. The Lord cannot bless you past your last act of disobedience. Amen. I'll say that again. He cannot, he, cannot bla- he cannot bless you past your last act of disobedience. You need to say, Lord, I heard you say that, and I didn't do it, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you use me now? See you Monday.